Welcome to the RV Podcast, Episode 428. And this week, we are going to talk about how new telemedicine advances can make getting medical attention easy and convenient for RVers. Everybody, I'm Mike Wendlin, and this is my lifelong traveling companion, Jennifer. And it's a new year, a fresh start. What is it that's so exciting about a brand new year? Opportunities like the old is gone and get ready, new year, here we come. 12 whole months. Aha, 2023. I wonder what we'll be saying at the end of 2023 next year about whether this was a good year or a bad year. I'm betting it's going to be a good year because we're coming off a couple, three challenging years and it can only get better. I hope. (laughs) (laughs) I always love the start of a new year. I do too. I mean, let's let's fresh snow, fresh year. Yep. Fresh opportunities. Speaking of fresh snow and fresh opportunities, we are about to head for our first gathering of the year. We do this every year. This is the 10th in a row, um, we're starting our 11th year of RVing, but it's our 10th in a row that we've done a winter camp out up at Tequamanon Falls State Park in Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Where we have invited you and everybody else to come join us. Now, not all of you came, <laughs> but actually it's about the size of our normal gatherings, about 32 to 35 people. I think there's a couple of extra that I haven't counted yet that said they're coming, but we will be um, in, at the beautiful Tequamanon Falls State Park. They plowed the snow and uh, we're, we had this big warm snap, so we don't know how much snow melted, but we know that uh, Christmas weekend, they had uh, over 36 inches of snow on the ground. So, so hopefully we're not surrounded by slushies. There might be a few slushies, <laughs> but uh, we can't wait. Uh, this is one of our favorite uh, gatherings of the year, and uh, it's always fun. We'll share a bunch of it on social media, but... Uh, um, why do we get so excited about this game? I think this by far it is Bo's favorite outing. It certainly is Bo's. It is Bo's favorite thing. And I think the joy that we see with Bo is um, is contagious because we really get excited about it as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, we have a lot to talk about. And uh, our main topic this week in a couple of minutes is actually a new segment that we're going to have in the podcast from now on called New Travel Tech. Uh, there's so many new things coming out that make uh, traveling in an RV uh, easier and more efficient. And we're going to start with our first report. Um, and this is, by the way, sponsored by our sister blog, NewTravelTech.com. You should check that out. But um, this is a really interesting story. You're going to meet a couple who are using some new technology that gives them real peace of mind when they travel in their RV for being able to stay in touch with their primary care uh, medical practitioners. And um, you'll learn all about that coming up. And it's it's just amazing as we watch technology uh, normally improve things or make them more efficient. But we want to start off uh, the podcast uh, today with a couple of comments we've received. And uh, I think you'll find them pretty timely and pretty interesting. Um, The first one came from uh, a reader named Tim. And he said, yesterday, I got to South Haven, Michigan. And after two plus hours of clearing the drive of snow, I started my 2021 Tiffin Wayfair Class C RV to get it ready for our trip to Venice, Florida next week. 
a snowbird here. Um, but he said when he started it up, the check engine light came on. It sounded a little rough when I started it off, and it didn't seem to have full power. So today I took it to my Mercedes-Benz dealer in Kalamazoo to find out that someone had cut my emissions chamber with a Sawzall. Uh, they also took part of my exhaust pipe. Fortunately, they didn't get my catalytic converter. That's clearly what they were after here. It says that the dealer in Kalamazoo got them fixed up. He said, I filed a police report and an insurance claim and the theft made me feel truly violated. I have motion lights and a camera on my van that was in my driveway, but I didn't see anybody around my van. The camera does pick up deer walking in the drive. Just thought I'd let you know. I know this is happening a lot these days. Uh, the solution for, uh, for Tim is that he's going to store his RV in a gated storage facility when he returns from Florida. But he says this has all been a bummer. He said, thanks for your social media posts and RV lifestyle. I've learned a great deal from watching. Best regards, Tim. And we thank Tim for sharing that. This, idea, this problem of catalytic converter theft is, is really a growing problem across the country. Um, there are solutions, but people are reluctant to put a stamp on them, a VIN number that they could trace back to. So when they resell these things for parts, but there's so many unscrupulous players in this racket of stealing them and then selling them that uh, law enforcement just can't seem to put a dent in it. And it's a shame that it's not safe in your own driveway. Yeah, he has a camera. He's taken all the precautions. Now, what they normally do is slide underneath the vehicle. So uh, I would say that these thieves staked out uh, where his uh, RV was parked, saw that camera, figured a way that they could come in from a different angle. Uh, obviously, since they didn't show up, um, but uh, fortunately, they didn't get his. There are kits you can get that will uh, kind of protect them and lock them up, but they're very cumbersome, and most people aren't going to go to that expense. But uh, congratulations to that Mercedes-Benz dealer in Kalamazoo, Michigan, that uh, fixed him up and got him going again. But what a, what a mess, and uh, I don't know what the solution is other than... For all of you, get motion lights um, and um, just watch mean out. Mean dog. And mean dogs. <laughs> I don't know, I'm yeah. just joking. <laughs> yeah. So it's not just, it's, it's all, it's motorhomes. They love to go after motorhomes and they love to go after tow vehicles, like your trucks. And uh, uh, for one thing, they all have a little higher clearance and it's easier to slide under than it is in the car. So uh, a motor vehicle, a class B or class C, RV, class A's, if they can get to them. Uh, they all uh, have um, a target on their back because they're easier to get at. The, the most disgusting part of this is that this was at his home. Yeah. I mean, you feel really violated. Yep, yep. And uh, and I thank you, Craig, for, for sharing that. I wish I could give you tips, but I think, you know, putting it in a 24-hour gated um, storage thing, it's going to be a good cost to you, but that's probably the best solution. All right, you got some comments, too. I do have some comments. This is from Craig on the RV Lifestyle Facebook group. group. A few things most RVers don't understand, especially if you want to be a full-timer. Number one, an RV is just that, a recreational vehicle. It's not made for full-time. Number two, within five to seven years, things will start to go south, especially if traveling. Number three, if you're stationary, tires become flat, 
spotted or rotted refrigerators, uh, water heaters, stoves, water lines and pumps fail, plastic cracks, walls, bow, roofs deteriorate, and floors become soft. Kind of like us. We kind of start falling apart after yeah. this. Okay, excuse me. Number four. I know I will catch uh, flack for this, but I see a lot of people who think full-time RVing is the way to go. Just remember, it can become very costly in a short period of time. And number five, that being said, RVing can be wonderful. I've owned everything from tent trailers, cab overs, travel trailers to fifth wheels for 40 years. I try to upgrade every five years. After several costly repairs, you will understand why. And just like uh, Craig predicted, he got a lot of pushback on this one. I think there were over 200 uh, comments on this post in just a couple of hours. And many are like this one from Chris. Uh, Chris says, uh, by the way, Chris says he's going on four years of full-time uh, RVing. Anything we do in life is a compromise. This is no different. The trade-off for us is the over $1,000 a month in rent alone that we're not paying for a house. If the hose on my RV freezes, then so be it. I just refuse to pay $1,600 per month rent for a sticks and bricks house that I don't own. Uh, we're off to the Pacific uh, coast at the end of the month for a spontaneous trip. And since we don't pay all of our money to landlords, we can afford to live. And that's the trade-off, says Chris. Uh, so he uh, disagrees kind of with the negative parts of what Craig says. Says it's a trade-off, which is a good, good phrase. Okay, now we got another one. This one is from Donna. If you buy a quality RV, it is uh, made for full-timing. I have not had to make an, any expensive repairs or upkeep in 11 years, except for buying four tires. Having an RV is exactly like owning a home. Things break in your home, and things break in an RV. You have not experienced owning a quality-built RV. Otherwise, you would not have made that comment. My RV is also warranted weather-wise, and I can easily keep it warm to minus 10 and keep it very comfortable in 90-degree weather in New Mexico. Yeah, there was a, a, a lot of comments on that. And I think that they, everybody recognized the validity of a lot of the points that Craig made is mm -hmm. that these RVs do break down, and you need to know that. But most uh, of the full-timers that were responding, and I said we had over 200 responses in just a little bit of time on that, seem to echo the ones that, the two that we just read. Those are pretty representative that, you know, it is a trade-off. Um, and just like you, you should put money aside to fix your house, you should also expect that you're going to have to put money aside to repair your RV. Um, you know, we keep saying it's like driving it down the road. It's like an earthquake, right? Yeah, I, and I suppose there's even a trade-off whether you're driving it down the road and it's getting shook up all over the place or if you've got it parked and what you talked about the problems you get from the tires yeah. being in one spot the sun beating down on it you know that it's just life and it's up it behooves us to kind of look at all of that and figure out how we can maintain our rv the more we can do ourselves to maintain it the the fewer problems we'll have the mm -hmm. less expense so uh, anyway, good comments from everybody, and they yes. kept those comments pretty civil. <laughs> you know what it's like on social media. Uh, our uh, RV Lifestyle Facebook group is pretty uh, is pretty civil, and we've got some great moderators to keep things from getting out of hand. And uh, if you're not a part of our social media group on uh, RV Lifestyle group on Facebook, 
you should uh, you should check in. All right, when we come back, we're going to introduce this new segment about new travel technology with a great report on uh, some medical technology that will give you peace of mind as you travel. So stay with us. Tired of overcrowded campgrounds and competing for reservations, paying high fees for sites? Well, ownership is an emerging trend in RVing that might be right for you. It was for Jen and me. We bought some land just west of Nashville, Tennessee, in an incredible collection of mountaintop RV properties called the Woodlands at Buffalo River. These are 5 to 62-acre properties that allow RVs year-round starting at $79,900. And we loved it. The scenery is breathtaking, and you can own it outright. It's not a timeshare. It's your property, your way. You can landscape, garden, bring your pets, build what you want to. There's high-speed internet and it's so private it's a great place to make your home base no more calling around for reservations ready whenever you want and they're selling these properties by appointment five to 62 acres seventy nine thousand nine hundred dollars financing big discounts available on multi-lot packages for information visit myrvland.com myrvland.com Welcome back, everybody. Time now for a new segment on the podcast. And this will be a regular uh, segment that you'll hear every week. We call it New Travel Tech. And uh, some of the stories that we'll report and uh, the tips come from our uh, partner blog, our sister blog, which is called NewTravelTech.com. So if you haven't checked that out, it's all about how technology can improve the travel experience. New Travel Tech. All one word, newtraveltech.com. And um, this is a story that uh, they published uh, just a, a couple of weeks ago. But it has to do with how telemedicine advances are making it um, easier and uh, more uh, more assuring for RVers who might have some health issues from time to time, how they can have a little peace of mind as they travel down the road. And this makes sense, because since COVID came about and people couldn't get to the doctor's office, this is a logical thing to have happen, that somebody would figure out a way to make those uh, video computer yeah. uh, visits more accurate, just like to we do, work better. Just like we do Zoom meetings. Right. You know, Everybody's probably right. done one of those virtual meetings with your doctor. Uh, and those are pretty good. You know, They can do a lot, but... Um, some new technology, and we know of other things, you know, like the Apple Watch has all sorts of stuff. It'll monitor your heart. You can send an EKG to your uh, medical team. And I think there are other devices that'll do your blood pressure and all that stuff. But some new technology advice, advances that we just recently heard about um, can really make that telemedicine conference that you have with your health provider so much more efficient. Uh, there's a service called TitoCare, that uses the internet and a remote medical exam kit. And that kit actually measures your vital signs just as if you were in person at your um, uh, healthcare office and they were putting a stethoscope or looking up your nose and in your ear. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty crazy, a stethoscope uh, to check your heart and your lungs and your abdomen and an otoscope to check your ears and provides uh, the healthcare provider real-time medical accuracy so they can get information that they need to figure out how they can help you, how to do this exam through the internet. And 
it's it's you know just takes Diagnose that whole to a, to a, just it, it's it almost gives them hands on even though it's your hands under their direction that are looking at your ear or down your throat and with the tongue depressor that they give you. <laughs> uh, so we were alerted to this story. Uh, we saw it uh, from a couple of our our uh, fans, uh, Jordan and Melissa Kate uh, from Toronto, Ontario, in Canada. And these are, uh, this is an RV uh, couple who uses that, that Taito remote exam kit and say it just has given them some real peace of mind as uh, they're going to head out traveling. They know that uh, they can use that kit to really get checked out. They're uh, connected with that kit to their primary care people um, at the Cleveland Clinic. Uh, and it gives them uh, just healthcare data that... Uh, from the road that is almost as good as if you were sitting in the office. Yeah, the Cleveland Clinic is just really in on this. They're, what, ahead of everybody else? Or, well, the, yeah, they I are. I know a lot of people are joining them, but are they like the first? Well, they're, no, they're one of the biggest ones. Okay, the biggest. But uh, many hospitals, many clinics around the country, as uh, Jordan and Melissa are going to explain in this interview, many of them are on board with this as well. And you can even buy this kit at Best Buy for a, a few hundred bucks. And uh, you carry along your own stethoscope and otoscope. And <laughs> Boy, that makes sense to have that access to the Cleveland Clinic or another big medical yours, facility. Yeah, whatever yours So that is. you don't have to rush into some emergency room with something that isn't that big a deal, but yet it's a big enough deal that you want some help with it. Well, we got a hold of Jordan and Melissa and sat them down for an interview, uh, thanks to Zoom. And we uh, talked to him about that. And we just thought... This new travel tech is uh, pretty interesting. So uh, let's uh, listen as we introduce you to Jordan and Melissa Kate in Canada. Well, Jordan and Melissa join us now from their home near Toronto, Canada. Happy New Year to you guys. Happy New Year to you. Well, you know, it's uh, amazing what technology can do. And as we talk about uh, these new advances uh, particularly for RVers and travelers. Uh, we thought we wanted to hear a personal experience. And so um, tell us how you guys first heard of this title care uh, option that is available these days. Well, um, it's interesting. I first learned of it when I was watching some video coverage of the early days of the pandemic and how a company, Title Care, had created these instruments to be sent to people's homes to minimize cat like contamination across different members of the public and um, kind of put that in the back of my mind thinking this is great. Then we, our daughter moved to an apartment building where they have a Cleveland clinic center. And in that Cleveland center, they Cleveland clinic center, they had a title care. It's a sort of an AV center. It's an AV. Yeah. yeah it's a virtual care center. Now we had been using virtual care, in the past before the pandemic but this brought in a whole other wave of opportunities and we thought this would be great for rv um you know people that are on the the road and and traveling in their rvs because it gives a little bit more precision to a virtual assessment and so uh our daughter for example had been examined virtually and uh they were able to order blood tests and other requisitions uh, through the online, you know, opportunity to look at her and investigate her. Later on, Jordan got sick, and this is our title care. This is how big it is. It's not that big. Very easy to put into a into a rig. 
So, so what was that like, Jordan? And what did, show us what's in that kit and also how you used it. Sure. First off, I mean, here's a simple kit. And think about it. We're speaking to each other right now using cameras. And they might be part of your computer or an add-on through USB. But here's a camera that comes with Care, And not terribly different, except that at the back, you have different attachments. So if, as an example... The uh, physician or nurse practitioner wants to look in your ear. Here's an attachment, and you can stick in your ear. They can tell you wiggle it a little to the left, a little to the right, etc. But now, with much more precision, uh, they can look inside. There's tongue depressor options. There's also stethoscope options for stethoscope, and another one for looking up your nose. This technology is great. If you're not feeling well and you want to make sure that you don't have something much worse, if, you know, God forbid you're having a heart attack or something like that, 911, go straight to the hospital. This is not for you. But if you want to avoid getting into the doctor's office and possibly being with other very ill people, um, here's a great way to find out quickly, providing you have internet access, of course, uh, whether you're okay or you need possibly a prescription. Yeah, or if you're in a like a locale that does, you don't know where the local uh, places are to go, we thought for RVers, this would be a fabulous option that they can hold in their car, that they can, or in their rig, and that they can link into a medical practitioner with a little bit more um, robust information than is, than is generally able through virtual visits. And the fact that they can requisition blood work or, or an ultrasound or other things is very helpful. The other thing I was going to add is that alongside this, the Apple Watch can monitor for a, uh, AFib, so irregularities in heartbeat, and also it can do an ECG and oxygen measures, which is another thing that can be downloaded to doctors for more information about you know, your condition. Yeah. Now I've used, I've used the Apple watch for a long time for that. And yeah. it is, yeah. it is pretty amazing, particularly the oxygen in your blood and all that stuff. Yeah. Or if you um, fall down. And it, yes. Or if you fall yeah. down. And sure. it gives, but, yes. but you've actually used this title kit. Have you not? Jordan? I, I, did, I did a couple of weeks ago. I was not feeling well, Mike. I had uh, unfortunately experienced COVID prior to that. And I had a sore throat that wouldn't go away. And uh, we had already, purchased the title care and the um, subscription at Cleveland Clinic. And I was able to uh, log in online within a few minutes, see a nurse practitioner who looked up my nose, in my throat, in my ear, etc., cetera, um, and uh, was able to diagnose that I didn't have a problem. There was no infection and I would be okay and suggested I take some vitamins, etc. but it wasn't anything urgent. And, and in our daughter's case, when she was examined through title care and virtual care, they were concerned that when, by listening to her chest that she had a, an infection and that they needed to give her antibiotics. So in her case, it was a little different, but all because, oh, this is our parrot, by the way, if you can hear him in the I back. heard a voice. I wondered what that was. <laughs> when, when you want him to speak and entertain your guests, zero, nothing. And when you want when you want him to be quiet, no, he's, he's yelling. He's yelling supper for us. Okay. So for those people who are watching the video, they all want to say, we got to see the parrot. So just turn oh. your camera a little bit. Well, so we'll bring him in in a second. Okay. You know, we do this when we interview people and we and they say they have a dog in the room. 
people will say, why didn't you ask him to show the dog? So uh, for those no, watching I this interview, uh, uh, we will have to take a look at the parrot. Okay. Well, we'll bring him in. He'll probably say nothing, but he's being yeah. obnoxious. Well, we'll at least look at him. That's always okay, fine. Okay, that's fine. But anyway, I was going to say with our daughter, it was a different outcome. Based on the listening of her chest, they found that she was more congested. And uh, they looked in her ears and throat and felt that it was more of curious. This is Nibbles, the yellow-naped Amazon parrot. Say hello. Hello. Hello, Nibbles. How are you? Can you say hello? Of course, now we can say to us today. Yeah. All right. So for those of you who demand to see the animals, uh, we'll we'll keep Nibbles in the shop maybe for a little bit, and we'll see if if he says anything. So your daughter had congestion, and what what did they were able to tell that with that stethoscope, I suppose? Yes. By actually listening and seeing. Yes, it was more, it was a different type of sound than what more of a rattling in, in her chest than in Jordan's chest. And then when they looked in her throat, they were more concerned about an infection. So they prescribed an antibiotic and that was helpful. In Jordan's case, they determined that it was COVID, that COVID uh, was just going to have some long you know, symptoms, but that it wasn't going to require antibiotics in his case. So they can also requisition, as I said, other kinds of tests to confirm or non, not confirm uh, other issues. But we just were so impressed. And, it, you know, Cleveland Clinic is one of the many that I believe uh, can work with uh, title right. care. But we were impressed with how this could be something that would be portable. Mm-hmm. And when we travel a lot, we felt more comfortable taking it with us. It sort of gave us an added dimension of, you know, medical support if needed. Um, and the other thing I was going to say is that uh, Cleveland Clinic, and I don't know again about other ones, but Cleveland Clinic has Canadian and American subscriptions and affiliations. I and think so, Mexican as well. And Mexico, and I think some other countries as well. So sure, the nice thing is, is that there are practitioners in various locales mm-hmm. and across borders. Uh, now, of course, you would have to pay if it was out of state or out of province. But most of the time, your medical uh, uh, costs would be covered through your insurance or deductible through your insurance uh, income tax. Um, so it was interesting. It was a very interesting uh, situation. And we thought that we, we would bring it to your attention and to the attention of your audience. There. Yes. Well, okay. you know, I'm, I'm a technology oh. geek anyway. That's but true. but uh, the fact that uh, one of the questions we get asked more and more often, particularly from retired RVers is, well, I'm afraid to leave my doctors. And this is yeah. this is how technology can help, because I would imagine you have a lot more peace of mind heading out now, knowing that yes you can actually have those uh, a much better virtual exam than just the, the ones that we're kind of used to since COVID. Providing we have internet access. Yeah, provide, that's the only thing. You that's need always to have a key factor. Good internet yep. access. But outside of that, this just to travel and throw this into a, a suitcase or into, <laughs> he's yep. looking while I'm doing this, into a suitcase or something like that is uh, really easy and uh, the portability of just using your phone for the actual appointment itself it's just to me it's so leading edge and just will put a lot of people uh, at ease of course you shouldn't be traveling if you have a medical condition that is serious and that's outside of where you could normally get medical support but for those people that you know might need you know a little medical consult here and there i think it's an excellent idea 
It is. And I thank you guys so much for bringing it to our attention so that we can bring it to attention to the, uh, to our entire RV community. Thank, thank you. And Jennifer, Jennifer, for all the wonderful work you do. You guys do. We've You're been following you for a very long time and hopefully we'll actually be in the RV community <laughs> in the not too distant future. Well, the, Hey, spring is coming and we'll see you soon. Thank you guys for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Good luck with everything. Okay. And happy Take new year. Care. Well, that really does give you peace of mind. I think that's worth a couple hundred dollar investment to have those tools in case you go out in the middle of nowhere. And it's interesting because the Cates are, as as you heard, in they live in Canada and the Cleveland Clinic, of course, is in Ohio. Uh, and it has this, this medical service that you can sign up for wherever you are, you can get in touch. So do many other hospitals and clinics, probably your healthcare professionals as well. Uh, it's interesting. It's an interesting thing, and it's all about new travel tech. So thanks to our friends at the New Travel Tech blog, newtraveltech.com. Please check them out, and uh, and uh, they, there's lots of stuff they have on there that has to do with how traveling will improve the travel experience, and we'll be uh, sharing their reports uh, here on the podcast uh, every week going forward. And when we come back, we've got uh, the RV News of the Week. When we're asked what's the most important modification we made to our RV, it's an easy answer. Battleborn batteries. Battleborn batteries are quality, safe, reliable lithium batteries that allow us to stay out there off the grid longer. Lithium batteries charge faster, they charge fuller, they're longer lasting, they're maintenance free. And battleborn batteries are protected by a 10 year guarantee. Now, in our case, they just dropped into the existing AGM batteries that we have. And they'll probably be the same on your rig, too. Battleborn battery experts can get those in your rig just like they did with ours. They can also match you up with the right cabling, the inverter, the charger, the solar controller, everything. Jennifer and I swear by our Battleborn batteries. They allow us to boondock off the grid. Check them out. Go to rvlifestyle.com slash lithium rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. One of the most exciting developments for RVs is happening out west in Arizona. Western Land and Ranches is selling five-acre high-elevation ranches just off the famous Route 66, the birthplace of the American road trip. Prices start at only $39,900, and these are beautiful, secluded tracts of land surrounded by majestic mountain ranges with sweeping valley views. The high elevation is a unique microclimate as well, giving you cooler temperatures, green grasses, and tree cover, making it unique for desert property. The community is in the center of it all, close to the best of the West, Grand Canyon, Las Vegas, Lake Havasu, Lake Mead, Lake Mojave, the Colorado River, Flagstaff, Sedona, and Historic Williams. If you're tired of crowded RV parks and paying high fees for sites, well, ownership might be right for you. This incredible collection of mountaintop properties called Greenwood Ranches hit the market and it's selling out fast. There is no HOA. You can build a house, a cabin, outbuildings, or just RV. It's your property, your way, 100% ownership. Visit the website to get details and set up a showing, ArizonaRVLand.net. That's ArizonaRVLand.net. Welcome back, everybody, to the RV News of the Week. And we've got a lot of news for you. Uh, let me start off with this one. Um, 2023 is shaping up to be a uh, economically challenging time, shall we say. 
And there was an interesting story in a couple of surveys that we've seen over the Christmas break we wanted to share with you that noted that during hard financial times, which uh, the U.S. and Canada certainly seems to be facing with record inflation and all sorts of other uh, challenges, but during those times, the data over the years have shown that people go camping. Story says that camping is an activity that permits people to get a reasonably inexpensive vacation, to have a, and another reason they like it, it gives them a sense of normalcy, uh, and, um, and all of this at a lower cost. With 11 million Americans already owning an RV, many can easily camp, and that's why uh, uh, the story points out that we, while RV purchases tend to go down during a recession like this, camping itself does not and usually goes up, and that campgrounds uh, typically see no significant effect on reservations. So even though uh, everything is, is costing more, people are, uh, are going to the one thing that they can count on and that uh, is fairly economical, which is camping. I have to say that when you go camping, don't you really feel like you're getting away? There's something about cooking outside. It just seems like everything is so different than being home. And it, you just really feel like you're getting away. Haven't you noticed that when we kind of, uh, we, you know, we'll, we tend to travel normally half to three quarters of the time of the year but when we and we'll kind of collect our stories we'll come back home and we'll work and edit in the studio but after just a few days you know that work we just want an escape and that's what camping does so all right so people are still camping but we've got more news, and you've got a, a I sad, got a sad story. story about bison. Uh, Thirteen bison were killed after they were a truck struck them just outside Yellowstone National Park, and some of the uh, bison died immediately, and others had to be put down because the severity of the uh, in their injuries. And park officials say bison often congregate on the roads. Why? Because it's easier to walk on the roads than in that heavy, deep snow. And uh, also, they're such a large animal and they're difficult to see at night because of the color of their coat and when this accident occurred it happened at night and because their eyes are different also their eyes don't reflect light like a deer does like a lot of animals you see these yellow hmm. lights in the dark when you're your light yeah, so the their eyes. eyes don't help them out that way so it's easy to hit the bison at it, night i didn't know that about bison that they uh, their eyes don't because often we'll be driving out oh deer yeah we see see the deer you see those eyes those mule deers and you can see them like they're as bright as a light yeah they really work as reflectors now uh, this accident happened on you the u.s highway 191 just outside the uh, western entrance to the park and that's the problem these animals don't know where the park where the park ends and when it where it begins and it's just a reminder to everybody you know be careful as you drive particularly at Mm -hmm. night in in wildlife areas another sad story in a national park this one in yosemite national park a california couple died at yosemite last week a rock slide struck their rented dodge ram truck they were driving along el portal road there a well-known road at uh, yosemite and these rocks fell from about 1100 feet and they it came down it pushed their vehicle off the road and into the embankment of the Merced River there, mm. officials guessed that 185 tons of rock fell during that accident. And uh, geologists still don't know what caused that rock side. They are investigating, but um, sad story. 
Uh, sorry about that. And now here's one from Texas. The Texas State Parks are celebrating their 100-year anniversary in 2023 with uh, numerous special activities. And each park is holding events throughout the year. Some things planned include lessons and how to make a perfect campfire. I think we all could benefit from that. Uh, trail walk teaching how to find signs of wildlife like coyote and you know you see those footprints when you're out taking a hike and you say I wonder what that is well they're going to teach you and uh, stargazing identification on a dark night in Texas Ooh, that'd be fun Texas they have some really black sky out there looking at those stars but the event that caught our eye was the state's attempt to break the world's record for the most s'mores ever created <laughs> at one moment in time so every state park in texas will be participating and it's scheduled May 13th, a Saturday, and everybody's going to be cooking s'mores at the same time. All right. Who's going to count? I don't know, but I'd love to <laughs> be a part of that. That sounds pretty cool. Pretty cool. And uh, one last story, and this is good news for anybody heading to the Grand Canyon. Uh, the Havasupai uh, Indian tribe announced uh, its tourism business is once again reopening. They're going to open it up as of February 1st. Uh, the tribe owns... Um, a breathtakingly beautiful waterfall and a canyon that is accessible from the Grand Canyon National Park's Western Rim area. You do need a permit from the tribe to visit the uh, Havasu Falls and the Supai Campground, which is about a 10-mile hike down into the canyon. It's a, it's a long ways down. The tribe closed all of that to visitors in March of 2020 during the COVID epidemic. And then in, um, October, 22nd, in October of 2022, this past October, severe flooding hit the land and it washed away bridges and all sorts of other key things. And there was a lot of uncertainty whether it would even be open in 2023, but they got it fixed. And um, we should point out that this is a great hike, but if you're, you need to have some physical conditioning and physical strength, uh, they say uh, if you're gonna hike that, you need to plan for four hours to go down and six hours to go back. That is 10 hours. You wanna get out really early because uh, chances are it'll be getting dark when you get back and uh, they'll give you a bunch more. In the show notes for this episode, which you find at rvlifestyle.com, we'll put a link to uh, all of the stories you just saw, just heard us talk about, and uh, anything else in terms of a resource that we share in this podcast, you'll find that in the show notes at rvlifestyle.com. We've got RV questions, and we'll get to those right after this. When we're on a road trip, we always seem to find a way to stop at a Camping World Center. There are over 225 Camping World locations across the country, and there's always one close by when we need parts and accessories for our RV or just on a shop. In fact, uh, we have so much fun with uh, Camping World, and as we talk about it as one of our sponsors, they have agreed to offer a 10% discount if you use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 when you buy $99 or more in merchandise. You'll find everything you want from outdoor furniture and appliances, the ones you see us use in our videos and that we talk about here in the podcast. RV extras that include everything from camping chairs to fire pits, electrical accessories, must-have gadgets. Check them all out. And again, don't forget, use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 when you visit Camping World. 
rvquestionsofthenweek.com. All right, welcome back. Time now for the RV Questions of the Week. And the first question is from Liz, and he says, how do you keep your dog safe when you have to leave it inside an RV while sightseeing or eating since uh, not hooked up to the shore power for uh, the AC? Please advise. Well, that's a question a lot of RVers have who travel with pets. And for us, the answer has been simple. We use a device called the Waggle. We've talked about it lots of times on the podcast. And there's stories on RVLifestyle.com that we've done on it. But it's basically a device that um, is a cellular device. So it doesn't need uh, AC. It doesn't need uh, power. It's just it's uh, battery powered. And it uh, connects to the cell phone. And it gives you a signal uh, if the um, if the temperature goes above a certain level that you've set, it tells you it's too hot in there. You can also set it to make it if it's too cold as well. But um, it works just great, and you can call it up on demand, and it just gives you really peace of mind. I still would not advise anybody leaving their animal for more than just a, a, a short period of time. Maybe grab dinner or do a quick tour of a museum. Not all day, not half a day, but a few hours, a no. couple hours is fine. But that waggle has given us great, we've had it now for, I don't know, four or five years and really have enjoyed it. And sometimes we'll go out. If you have to go on longer, we'll go out and do a check and then go back in whatever we're doing and do that. Because we just don't want to leave our pet that long. Yep, yep. So that's, uh, that's good. Uh, here's another question. And this one comes from Bernard. And Bernard says, we're looking to find some land to use for our own RV retreat like you and Jennifer have found in Michigan and Tennessee. How does one go about and find it? Um, it's cha- it's challenging unless there's a development like the woodlands in Tennessee or um, Greenwood ranches out in Arizona that uh, kind of are are making a lot of noise and advertising. You're not going to hear about most land purchases that are out there that are available for you. So you have to really spend a lot of time. We spent over a year looking for the 10 acres that we just bought in Michigan. You get some real estate people, tell them what you want, and uh, you have to figure out what area you want. And uh, that sometimes can be hard right there, trying to figure out yeah. what specific area. We, we kind of knew the general things. Uh, so we talked, uh, I had two real estate people sending us stuff from different parts of Michigan, one in the upper peninsula, and one in the lower. And we uh, met with them, we told them what we were looking for, and what was a plus and what was a minus and they would send stuff out maybe once a week we checked all of it the ones that were perfect for us you know oh man let's go visit that next week and every time we would want to go out and visit it would three days later it was sold it's gone now this was before the recession really hit in the fall with real estate yeah but the best tool i have found has been zillow Mm mm-hmm Zillow is really great. If you um, you find if you go to Zillow and you start looking in a certain area, it will just start sending you stuff. And of course, you can save the properties that that are of interest to you. But I think the thing we learned is that you got to move very fast, and that it's hard to find one find um, property. You also then need to talk to somebody in that area to find out if you can camp on it for prolonged periods of time in your RV. Many states, many jurisdictions have zoning restrictions that require you to build a permanent structure within a certain amount of time if you're going to live on it. So finding one with no restrictions in terms of that you can get an RV, then can you, is there water available? Uh, do you have to drill a well, which costs from 11 to 
$18,000 just for a well? Can you bring electricity in? Do you, you know, all that stuff. Those are things that, that you kind of have to do your due diligence on. It's a complicated process. It is. I think it's harder than finding a sticks and bricks house, I yes, think. Yes, much harder, much harder. All right, one more question. We've got one more, and this one's from Roger. Roger says, we have a 2021 Class C Mercedes-Benz Sprinter chassis. It has the button you press to start the engine, except now it doesn't work. Uh-huh. And uh, I get uh, a message saying, place the key in the marked spot, the marked space for the fob. Fob not recognized. So this has happened before, and I, I went away for a few minutes and came back, and then the vehicle did work. But it's very annoying. Uh, so okay, where, where is this mysterious spot? Yeah, this marked space. Well, I've been there and done that. Uh, this is our sec. We have our Class C Lisa Travel Vans uh, Unity FX. It's the second one we've had, and it has the little button you push to start the key. And uh, for, for seemingly... No reason it when I I'll jump in and I'll try and start it and it doesn't start. Well, I said seemingly because there is a reason. Um, <laughs> there usually is. The first thing I want to point out is, I bet that uh, our question uh, questioner entered the Mercedes through the center sliding door. So he opened that and he went in the sliding door and just sat in the driver's seat and tried to start it and it wouldn't start even though he had the key fob right in his pocket, and it would normally pick up. And uh, that is, I guarantee that's what happened. Because he said sometimes when he would come back, it would work again. What you have to do is unlock the front doors, the passenger and the, and the driver's door with the key fob. Unlock them and then open the driver's door and shut the door. Then try it. And I bet 99% of the time that will start, it will start then. It took me the longest time to figure that out. But there is a time when you do have to, you know, if you don't want to go to all that hassle, there is a place that you can put the key fob. You just put it in a slot. But trying to find it is hard. <laughs> and it's in the center console of the RV, of the, of the chassis in the cab. The center console dashboard, look all the way down, go all the way down. And just before it hits the carpeting there, if you look, you might actually have to bend over in the seat. Uh, or take your cell phone and put your your flashlight on and you'll see there is a slot about that wide about you know an inch and a half two inches wide and you can just put the key fob right in that slot and then it'll start uh, that's technically meant for if your key fob went out of lost its battery juice there's a little lithium battery in there that will give it enough juice to reactivate it so it'll get the signal but uh, anyway that will work and uh, it will work. You don't have to then open and close the door. So there is a way to do it. And that slot's hard to find. And the dashboard, go all the way down to where it hits the floor. And just above the carpet, there's a little slot. It's, it's hard to find. Hard to find. i got to say, how did you find it? The man. I Googled it. <laughs> <laughs> I Googled it. You're trying to put us out of business. <laughs> yeah, well, Google is that way, but yeah, I Googled it. I, and it's, I think it's in the manual, but you know, the manual's like that thick and you're kind of, uh, where is it? So, um, but I Googled it. Other people have done it. I should have just said, well, I, I knew this sort of stuff. <laughs> you, no, you read the whole manual. Yeah, I read the whole manual, don't I wish? I should. And underlined the important parts. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, that's, that's how you do it. I did figure the door out that you have to open and close the door and uh and then it will start
start. Do you think another 10 years what we're going to know? We're going to know so much more in 10 years. Yeah. Hey, listen, thank you guys so much for watching. It's really good to be back. We had a great Christmas break and we're delighted to be here. Uh, Just want to remind you that we love getting your comments and your questions. And uh, you can reach us through our personal email. And uh, it's Mike and Jen at rvlifestyle.com. So by all means, reach out to us with your comments or your questions. And again, show notes for this episode with links to pretty much everything we talked about. You'll find that on our rvlifestyle.com blog. If you've never been to our blog, please visit it. Every single day we have new content on, sometimes a couple of new stories, rvlifestyle.com. We like to think of that as uh, kind of Google for the RV lifestyle because over the past we're starting our 11th year of, of this lifestyle. Over the past 11 years, we have literally thousands of articles on just about every topic, and you can probably find a lot of help. So uh, head over there, rvlifestyle.com. Thank you guys so much for watching, and we'll see you down the road. Happy trails. 